if you guys would stay standing for the reading of scripture. This is from Acts. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. This is the word of the Lord. You guys can be seated. Thank you, Michaela. Good morning. Happy New Year. Got a question for you this morning. What do you want in this new year? What do you want in 2024? Forbes, the magazine, found what people wanted last year. Let me put a little slide up for you. Uh, Some people, 48% of people, wanted improved fitness in the new year. Some wanted improved finances. Others improved mental health. Some wanted to lose weight in the new year. You see, uh, some people want physical vitality. You know, they want robust health. They want some energy to do some things. Play with the grandkids or be on a, a, a run or be on a sports team or something like that. They want vigor. Uh, some want financial vitality. In the new year, financial strength, sustainability, the ability to buy some of the things that they want, to have an emergency fund perhaps. Here's one that's not on the list that I want to talk to you about today spiritual vitality. Spiritual vitality. What is that? It's an inner well being. Based on confidence in God. And I just have this sense that many of us want that. We want an inner well-being. We want peace. We want tranquility in our lives. Even when things aren't going the way we thought they would. Uh, We want clarity about our purpose. Why am I here? What am I doing? And what we're going to find out today is that that comes from confidence in God. It comes from reliance on God. And we actually see a great example of in this passage. We see it exampled there. Uh, So thank you for reading again, Michaela. We're the book of Acts. It's a historical book. It's a narrative And um, it it traces the birth of the church 
after the resurrection of Jesus Christ and then the ascension of Jesus Christ, the, the church is born in Acts chapter 2 at the festival of Pentecost. And, you know, so we have the early church there and it's just growing. Things are going gangbusters. Um, at the first meeting, uh, 3,000 people commit to follow Christ. It's amazing. Then a little later, they're up to over 10,000 people. There's depth in the early church. They're meeting in houses. They're studying the apostles' teachings and the Scripture. They're breaking bread. They're helping each other out. Just incredible depth. And healings are happening. People are being healed. And in this passage, the context of this is they're facing a problem. They're facing an issue Peter and John, two of the apostles, were arrested. They were arrested by the Sanhedrin, some of the religious leaders, and they were brought before this religious board. And uh, they were accused of teaching false things, uh, doing false teaching. They're confronted and they're told, don't do any more of this. And, and uh, they were warned and then they were allowed to leave. And that's where we kind of pick up this passage. They go back and... We don't have a lot of context. Uh, We don't know if the whole church is there, all 10,000, let's say, or if they're in the upper room. It just says they went back to their people. And, uh, you know, what did they do? They're, They're facing pressure. They're facing stress. They're facing difficulty. Did they melt? No. They were steadfast. They were faithful. They were vigorous in their response. You see, they had spiritual vitality. Look what they did. They they prayed this. We'll put it on the screen. Now, consider their threats and enable your servant to speak your word with great boldness. See, they, they didn't ask for the Lord to take away the challenge that they were facing, the difficulties that were to come. And by the way, they were going to get much worse. You can kind of see the writing on the wall. Uh, a little bit later, Peter and John are arrested again. They're flogged. And they're warned again not to speak in this name. And there's just a little bit later, a great persecution will come against the church and the church will actually be driven out of Jerusalem and out into the other neighboring cities and regions. They weren't begging though, God, please take this away. That, that's not what they were doing. They, they had spiritual vitality. They had vigor. They had strength. And it, and it came from confidence in God. And so this is a key thought for us today. If you're a person that you're like, you know, spiritual vitality sounds like a great thing for 2024. Let me give you a little formula. It starts with confidence in God. If you could put that little uh, formula up there. Oh, wrong one. It's the one before that. It should be. And if it's not, yeah, here we go. See, there's a little arrow there. Um, We're going to, confidence in God leads to spiritual vitality. Confidence in God leads us to have the strength and vigor that we need. Um, I don't know, anybody watch football on 
New Year's Day, raise your hand. There was a game on that day. I'm not going to go into a lot of details here, okay? But the one team that I'm kind of thinking of had a really good performance on defense. And one of the commentators said, when you know who you are, when you know where you're going, when you know what you're doing, you engage with energy and power. And that's what the commentator was saying about this football team that who knows who it was. But anyway, when you know who you are, when you know what you're doing, when you know where you're going, you engage it with energy and power. And that's what we see here in the early church. And we see it throughout Scripture. David, before he defeated Goliath, he had confidence in God, which led him to battle the giant. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had confidence in God that allowed them to resist worshiping an idol. Esther, who took her her life in her own hands when she approached the king on behalf of her people. That vitality came from confidence in God. When you're confident in God, the stress leaves and the power comes. Doesn't that sound good? Doesn't that sound like something that you may want in 2024? Imagine this year having inner peace no matter what comes at you. No matter what difficulty you have. Imagine having clarity about who you are about what you're doing, about where you're going. So how do you get confidence in God? How do you get, you know, physical vitality? How you get that is you got to exercise and these are all the things we typically talk about this time of the year, right? You got to eat right, you need some rest mixed in there cuz you're not a machine, right? Financial vitality, how do you get that? Take Financial Peace University. There's a little plug. Get on a budget. You know, those are some of the things. So how do you get confidence in God? You've got to do something. Just like if you want to have physical vitality, you need to discipline yourself. If you want to have financial vitality, you need to do something. To have confidence in God, you need to do something. Look what they did. This is the key verse, by the way. It's uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 24. And this is one I just wanted to kind of like sear into your minds. It says this, When they heard this, this is Peter and John came back, let's say in the upper room, and they shared all that happened, all the challenges, all the difficulties. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. I was studying this passage a a number of weeks back before uh, the new year. And uh, I was just kind of working through this and doing my inductive Bible study on it. Just for personal time. And God touched my heart when I read this verse. Have Have you ever been reading God's word and there's just like something just stands out? Like neon arrows are pointing at it. Raise your hand if that's ever happened to you. It's like, hey... 
look at this. It just kind of stood out above everything. And, and uh, that's one of the thoughts we have about the Bible. That's tell, the Bible tells us about itself. It says it's alive and active. That's why we need to be in the Word of God, because it challenges us and it points out things we might not be thinking about. And this verse was the thing that was being pointed out. Let me say it again. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer. This is what we need at Genesis. This is what we need to grow deeper with the Lord. To grow deeper together. This is what we need to grow our confidence in God as individuals and as a church. We need to raise our voices together in prayer. And so I I just began to talk to some of the elders about, hey, you know, this is on my heart for this year. Um, Talking to some of the other pastors, talking to the staff, and, and everybody was like, yeah, talking to our deacons. Our prayer deacons. And I want to thank all of those who um, are leaders in our prayer ministry at Genesis. I'm grateful for the prayers after the service and uh, for the other opportunities to pray. But this is an area we need to grow in. Would anybody say amen? amen. Lifting together our hearts in prayer. And so uh, here's the formula. You know, we've got spiritual vitality that's what we want we want that where we have vigor and we're excited and we've got energy for the things of the lord and that comes through that's filled up with confidence in god so how do we build confidence in god well here it is one of the ways we do that is praying together is lifting our voices together and i hope by the end of this time together my little talk here today you will be convinced this is a major way that you build your confidence in God is uh, praying together. I'm going to do my best to prove it to you in uh, just a couple of of moments. And so that's one of the reasons why we're doing the 24-hour prayer meeting this Friday and Saturday. It's a one-time deal. It's not going to be every week. It's a one-time shot to sort of introduce this idea to everybody Come together. We're hoping for at least five people for each prayer time. That's just a small goal. So help us blow that out of the water. And it's a chance to get trained to be equipped on how to pray uh, together. So there's going to be a, a leader at, or two at each hour slot. And there will be a prayer guide to guide us through. So let me ask you, do you want to grow your spiritual vitality this year? Do you want to grow it? Do you want to get to that point where you have peace? You have confidence in God? Well, how do you get there? Well, it takes practicing disciplines. That's what it takes. Um, disciplines are structured and intentional practices that you undertake, that you actually do. You don't just think about them, you, you actually do them. Like Scott, Pastor Scott said earlier, you bring some uncomfortableness into your life. 
Now, I, some of you know I run. I run, I try to run three times a week and people will see me around town and people will ask me, do you like running? And I say, no. <laughs> I like it when I'm done. But when I'm running, I feel so much better. My body feels so much better. And uh, you know what? One of the maybe unintended outcomes of it, when I'm running, there's quiet time between me and God. And it's actually one of the times that God speaks to me. I hear His voice. I mean, I'm not saying audibly, but He, through my spirit, He lets me know. I'll think about a talk or I'll think about a meeting I need to have with someone and that discipline of running that I don't want to do, but I need to do, opens that up. Spiritual disciplines like this, praying together, nurture and develop that confidence in God. So here's my main point for you. Grow your confidence in God by praying together. Now you can pray together in many different ways. You can come to the 24-hour. My wife and I, we made a goal this year to pray together in bed before we fall asleep. We almost always go to bed together, except for if the lions are losing later some night. I'll stay up sometimes and watch them lose. Hopefully they won't lose all the games. But we've made this commitment, and I think we're four for six this year. Is that a good batting average? It's about 667. So we hope to bring that up a little bit. But that's a way where you're lifting your voices together in prayer. Another one is your group, if you're in a group. I know not everyone is in a group, and I'm going to talk about that near the end. But if you're in a group, one of the things that we're challenging you to do is to spend 5% of your group, like let's say it's man up or real women, that happens I believe this week, um, to take 5% of the time, you're in a micro group, you're in some other group, you take 5% of the time and you pray, you raise your voices together this year. Instead of having one prayer meeting for everybody to come to, like every group, you take five minutes, if it's an hour meeting or a little longer, if it's longer than that, and pray together. Okay, so let's look at how the early church did this. Let's look, because this is going to answer a little bit of the how you do it and a little bit of the why you should do it. Why it helps you develop confidence in God. So there's three important practices here for raising our voices together. Here's the first one. Praying to the Sovereign Lord. That's the first thing that is said in the passage there. Uh, Now this seems obvious, but don't think it. Pray it. And pray it out loud. Well, I know who I'm talking to. No. Pray to who you're talking to. Look what they did. They said, Sovereign Lord, You made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. This harkens back to Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2, the creation account. And what it's doing is it's reminding themselves. They're reminding themselves of what Jesus do, or what God has done, right? Reminds them of the absolute and supreme power of God. He's the highest. He's the ultimate authority. You know, when things are going good, what do we do sometimes? When things are going good, 
things are going great, and, um, you know, it's like, wow. And, and I think, you know, in the early church here, things were going good. They had a lot of people coming. They see, saw a lot of things happening, and they were able to discipline themselves to still pray in this way. And, you know, and I think at Genesis, things are going good. You know, last year we had over 40 baptisms. Amazing. We had over 100 people coming at the end of the year from the year prior. That's amazing. The Boeing City Church grew 50% last year. There's just, a, I mean, I had a good friend of mine who's been coming for four years, just gave his life to Christ this week. Amazing. And it, when things are going good, it's easy to get complacent in turning to God. Why? Because things are going good. Right? We begin to think maybe even how good we are. There was a, one time a coach was lamenting that the press was speaking so positively about his team and how great they were. And the coach said, this is not good for the team. It's like eating rat poison. Why? Because we forget. We forget that it's not just us. We need each other. We need God. We become complacent in our prayers. And so to start off with, the Lord is sovereign. And you know, hearing others lift up God in that manner, it reminds us. When you're praying together, and it's certainly important to pray by yourself and have your prayer closet and stuff like that. I'm not discounting that. But hearing others lift up God, it reminds us. It teaches us. It encourages us. We're hearing somebody else put a personal spin on who God is to them. And it enriches our soul. Okay, so that's the first point there, is praying to the Sovereign Lord. That's what the early church did, and that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do this year, and He's going to be lifted up. Here, here's the second one. Uh, the early church, they prayed um, Scripture-infused prayers. Okay? They were Scripture-infused. This example here, where they talk about David and how the Holy Spirit led David to say some words, it's from the second psalm. And uh, so they're praying the sec- some of the second psalm. And what this psalm was, was a prophecy, a foretelling that people will oppose God. That people are coming, rulers are coming, nations are coming that will oppose God, will oppose His people, will oppose His anointed one, His Messiah. So why do we pray Scripture-infused prayers? Because Scripture gives us perspective. Scripture gives the appropriate view of the things we're wrestling with, the challenges that we have, the opportunities that we're facing. Um, Scripture gives the appropriate view and it helps direct our prayers. It helps align our prayers with God. And in this case, the early church was praying this because they were basically saying God has predicted that this would happen. This doesn't surprise God. He knows that persecution and difficulty is coming at us. And when we reflect on that, we know what God knows and we know what He's doing. It breeds confidence in our hearts 
of God. So, so what to pray for? Here are a couple other examples. We'll just put these up on the screen. A couple other examples of Scripture-infused prayers. Be still and know that I am God. Okay, here's another one. Seek first the kingdom of God. You know, get our priorities right. Ask for wisdom, James 1.5. These are just a few of the examples. And there's so many scriptures out there that can really help us direct how we're praying. And the early church will live that out. In, in a minute, we're going to try one of these uh, scripture-infused prayers Scott's going to lead us. Uh, It's about search my heart, O Lord, I pray. So we'll do that here in just a moment. So what we have here is, number one, praying to the sovereign Lord. Secondly, Scripture-infused prayers. And then lastly, praying with a surrendered heart. Surrendered prayers. This is what we find in verse 28. Do whatever your hand and your plan has predestined to take place. This is what the early church prayed. When you surrender, you're yielding control of a situation. You're yielding control of your life. And what you're doing, maybe not said, but you're acknowledging your need for a Savior. You're acknowledging you need to be saved. You need God's help as you yield to Him and surrender. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Jesus taught us to pray. So, these surrendered prayers, these are, these are kingdom prayers. Not about your kingdom, but about God's kingdom. And uh, surrendering and, and, and prayer with others, it's a very personal, intimate thing to do. Praying with someone and, and hearing them yield their life. Just think about it. They're yielding their will. They're surrendering their desires to Christ. It it enriches our hearts. And the Word of God says that God opposes the proud and He gives grace uh, to the humble. So what happens? What happens when we pray like this? Well, this is what happened. We know that. This is a narrative, historical narrative. It tells us in verse uh, 31, the room was shaken and they went out and spoke the Word of God with boldness. So let's little formula back up there again. Remember, we want spiritual vitality. It's kind of in the middle there. Uh, but let's get there. Well, if we're praying together, that will develop confidence in God. I've tried to show you that. And confidence in God brings spiritual vitality. And when we have vigor in our spiritual walk, it leads to boldness in God. It'll do incredible things in your life in our community, and in our church. So how can you pray together? Well, one way is to sign up for a 24-hour. We've talked about that. Uh, Text Genesis will get you set up. Another way is if you're in a group, invest 5% of the time this year. 5% of the time praying. Don't say it, pray it. Let's get at it. Let's pray. Let's call out to God and follow that that formula. If you're new to Genesis and you don't have a group, I just want to put a list up here of the of the community groups that we have uh, here. Um, if we could get that up there, uh, the community groups here. Uh, Real Women, January 10th. Uh, here's you can come. You know, like for example, Real Women is for women, obviously. January 10th at 6:30 p.m. Come and 
they're going to raise... Oh, 17th, January 17th. Text Genesis for more information on any one of these community groups. Most of these are once a month groups. The youth groups are uh, every week. But here's a place. Man Up is for men. The next one is February 7th. Exceptional Families is a group for a support group for parents with special needs children. Uh, Legacy Keepers, Grandparents group. And then uh, middle school, high school, young adults, um, yeah, the 28th is the next time. And there you go. You can text Genesis for more information. So I'm going to invite you to stand up and pray uh, with Rod is going to come up. One of our elders, just if you would stand up right here, one of our elders is just going to pray that this goal that we have this year, raising our hearts together in prayer, we just want to bring it before the Lord and ask him to guide us that way and direct us. Thank you, Rob. Please join with me as I pray. Our Heavenly Father, we, we come before you um, in the name of Jesus. We come before you because of Jesus and the authority that, um, that he has and that we yield ourselves to. Thank you for your word. Uh, thank you that it, it shows us how to reach out to you. Thank you that it invites us into prayer. Father, we know that uh, this is a way that we show that we are dependent on you, that we need you. And it places you also as God, as sovereign God of the universe. Lord, we trust that you are loving and you are kind, and therefore we come before you as, as our Father. Father, we know that we should pray, and yet there are times when we find that difficult, and we confess, Lord, that that is quite often because we lack confidence, we lack trust. And so my prayer today is that we would face our own weaknesses, face our lack of confidence, and I pray that as a church, um, you would help us, you would give us power and strength that you would give us humility also and a deep willingness to come and to seek you together as a church. Lord, draw us to that. Help us in that. And I pray, God, that we would be motivated by a deep, lasting desire to know you better and to share your truth. God, may you be exalted in this church And I pray, Lord, that we would be obedient to your word and to follow you and to seek you out in prayer. We lift you up, God, and thank you for your glory and your might. Amen. I want to invite you to stand. I want to pray, and then we're going to finish with a final song of worship to our Lord. Sovereign Lord. I say that not because you need reminding of who you are, but because I pretty frequently need reminding of who you are. You are sovereign. You are the one who reigns. All the things that I can't control, which are so many, are not beyond you. All the things I don't understand, you understand. All the things I can't see, you see. So who else should I depend on? 
well, should we as a church depend on? We come before you. Lord God, as we start a new year, I just pray that we would build this on a foundation that's not sinking sand, that's not worldly desires. Might we build our lives on Jesus Christ, the solid rock. And Lord, as we build, as you build us up, join together, becoming a holy temple in the Lord. Might we be raised to be a tower, a tower of love and compassion, a tower of righteousness, a tower of hope that represents you. All this in your strength and with your leadership. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.